welcome everybody. I am so beyond excited to have the most incredible mentor, hair icon, hair hero, Mr. Stephen Moody with me today on 27 Talks. I'm so grateful to see your face. How are you? I'm great. I'm really happy to be, um, to be here sharing with you on a lovely sunny Thursday afternoon. Um, it's nice to chat. It's very nice to chat. Thank you for your time and doing this. And, um, you know, so many of us right now in our industry are as the rest of the globe and the country and every industry, but we're all navigating through some pretty crazy stuff right now. That's for sure. And um, I'm really glad that people like you, who we all look up to, have so many wise words to share. And I just wanted to chat about your experience right now and, and how you're yeah. kind of some of this um, in terms of you know how you're how you are such a creative person how are you staying creatively inspired and um, motivated in in this world we live in right now yeah well it's it's truly truly um, unprecedented times um, I like to read read history I'd like to look back on things that have happened in the past and I think the nearest that I can figure out is, is 1918, 1919 with the, the Spanish flu that um, actually wasn't Spanish. How it got the name Spanish flu, nobody quite knows. Um, it started here in the US. And um, I was reading the other day that apparently, this is really morbid and a downer, but um, more Americans were killed by the Spanish flu than the First World War, the Second World War, the Korean War, Vietnam, um, Afghanistan, and Iraq combined. Incredible. And um, the thing about the Spanish flu is they hadn't got the foggiest idea what was going on. They, they, were just, they just didn't know what was going on. It was only later that they figured out what on earth it was. So, uh, yeah, it's unprecedented. And... Um, I mean, I'm a believer in, um, you know, I think it's important that we follow the science rather than emotions. As hairdressers, you know, certainly this hairdresser who's speaking now, you know, 99% of my decision making is emotion. <laughs> I'm terrible. Um, um, you know, and, and I kind of link, shoot from the hip type of thing. But with this, I, I think it's important that, you know, we do as we're told and um you know doing as we're told is sometimes a little bit un-american um you know but uh, with this situation i think it's important that we listen to the science and we do our best to kind of look at the long term um which is hard it's hard for hairdressers because um, so many hairdressers now are self-employed and um, even the ones that are not self-employed, that are kind of on a commission system or even salaried, uh, most of them are furloughed. And, um, you know, it, it, it's tough. But I think if we just sit tight and we're in it for the long haul, I think we'll come through the, the other end, um, you know, smelling, smelling of roses. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I think really having that methods in terms of how we do navigate through this founded in reason and founded in <coughs> excuse me and founded in um, science I think you're absolutely right absolutely right that that is how we come out on the other side of this for sure 
I mean, one of the things that's really interesting is, is, is um, there's kind of two sides to the coin about salons going back and, 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 and doing customers. You know, I, I, I turn on the TV and I look at newscasters and I look at politicians and their hair is immaculate. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, well, hang on a minute. You, you didn't do that yourself. <laughs> Someone did that. Someone came within six feet of you to make you camera ready. So, you know, I kind of look at that and I think, hang on. And then I know there's a lot of hairdressers too who are not working in salons, but they're going back to be, they're going to people's homes, which is obviously dangerous. But I kind of, I, I was thinking to myself the other day, which is more dangerous? Um, keeping a salon closed and keeping customers out of a salon or hairdressers going into people's homes in an unregulated fashion and doing their hair at home because they've got to, because they've got to put bread on the table. And um, I know that's not the official stance and I probably will get fired for saying this, but it's fact. It is. Um, you know, people are getting their hair done, yeah. whether it's, it's, it's legal or not, whether it's um, above board or not. And uh, many ways I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe getting your hair done should be an essential business because people are going to get their hair done anyway. And, um, you know, I mean, in, in the state of California, you know, hair professionals spend 1600 hours um, getting a license. And um, I would hazard a guess a massive, massive percentage of that 1600 hours is about sterilization and sanitation and barbicide and this and that and the other. So in many ways, I think hairdressers are probably better placed than most professions to be able to deal with this, providing that with it in a licensed salon where there's space, you know, the social distancing and, um, you know, masks and tools, uh, uh, sterilized, etc. I mean, who better to take care of it other than a doctor or a dentist? You know, we're probably like third in the pecking order of, of dealing with that. I couldn't agree with that more. I feel like even as our state here in Arizona, that we're starting to navigate what reopening looks like for us here. And I'm obviously very deep in those conversations with, you know, myself and ownership and what I feel is right to do. Then again, with my team and what they're comfortable doing, and then what's going to be right for the client as well and their level of comfort. But mm -hmm. truly, as I looked back at the big picture of how to raise this high standard, we as stylists across the nation and the globe truly we are already there. So I couldn't agree with you yeah. more that it's very built in and ingrained in who we are as service providers to raise to that high standard as it is. And so, yeah, yeah put a mask on and we're like, yeah, you don't get to see my great lips or you can't, you only get to see yeah. my expression or whatever it is, you know, but those are workarounds for us to hopefully yeah. move forward in whatever that's going to be. But, but I, I really truly do agree with you that We've got it. We've got the tools in our toolbox already for how to navigate. Yeah. And Amber, you're a very good example. I think as hairdressers, we can smile with our eyes. Right. 
<laughs> so we can cover our mouth and we can still still smile um it's funny because this this morning i was on um, a group call with our um the weller um global president her name is sylvie moreau a fantastic lady and she was telling us that they'd done research in the united kingdom and the united states and they surveyed i don't know how many thousands of women um who basically were cooked up at home um on lockdown and they asked them you know as soon as you get out of lockdown as soon as you get out of your house your apartment as soon as you get away from your kids your crazy husband and work at home and all that kind of stuff um what's the first thing you're going to do and it wasn't go for a meal um it wasn't go to a bar and get hammered um it wasn't go to the movies it wasn't go for a walk in the park it was get your hair and your nails done yeah which is number one absolutely it makes us feel so much just that process yeah. in the chair and you know i was kind of even thinking about since we're talking about the first thing that everyone's going to want to do i was kicking around this theoretical conversation and kind of uh, imagining what post lockdown styles and trends are going to be do you do you have like are people just going to do big massive swaps and huge changes and what do you what do you predict in terms of that it's really interesting because on on some i'm going to do a shameless plug here amber on sunday um i'm joining about a dozen really really talented um artists from all over the world we're going to do something um called covid19 socialathon i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right yeah. and it's organized by samvia from uh, redken nice. and um a whole bunch of us are doing different things in 30 minute slots but i think it's 11 hours on sunday i think it starts at like 10 o'clock in the morning or something east coast time on sunday the 17th and it ends at i don't know 9 o'clock or something and um sam reached out to me and said would you would you come and do this and i said hell yes and i said just be aware that um you know I, I, i'd really like to cut a model cut a person a real person however I might not be permitted to cut a, a real person given the time. Now this is I can't remember 3 4 weeks ago we had this conversation. So at the time I didn't know. So I said I'll commit Sam but um that's my my A plan but I want to B plan. And I said um you know the last 8 years I've been doing something called triple craft the art of color cut finish transformation. and it's all kind of before and after photographs of um of transformations using color cut finish and um i'd like to have that as my b plan and sam said hang on a minute he said why don't you do that as your a plan rather than you you, you having it as your b plan and i said oh great yeah i like it's a good idea and we got to talking and saying you know obviously with this presentation a lot of people um you know i'm going to do the best to cut a client but a person you know a model or color a model but depending on where they are in the world they can or they can't um and if they can't they'll obviously work on a mannequin 
And um, he said it will really mix it up for you to share these um, transformations. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about was coming out of this, you know, we think a lot of women are going to say, hey, look, let's go for it. You know, let's get rid of the center partings and the um, elbow length hair and, and, you know, the sausage rolls on the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's, let's have a change. Like, you know, people are ready for something that's a change. And, and I think the other thing, too, that's going to be interesting as well is I think people are going to want to have simple. I couldn't agree. I think, I think whether it's simple color or simple haircut or simple as in just tie it back and not really have a cut and a color, I think they're going to go one way or another and have something that's kind of, in my age, my era, it was called wash and wear, you know, things that were low upkeep as in style. And um, I think people will have been wrestling their hair for such a long time by themselves at home. Um, you know, I think they're going to want to have something that's really chic and, um, you know, cool and different. but a transformation you know whether that's the color or the cut or the style or you know all of the above so yes if this goes out before sunday the 17th um yeah go to um go to sam veer's site uh maybe i could send you the um the the lockups you know the promotions where people can sign up the roster of people participating is incredible. I mean, yeah. I did see how many so like innovative, amazing yeah. ones that so much to share with us. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to it too. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting because what they're doing is they're kind of going east to west. So I think they've got some artists in Europe that are starting it, which is kind of at the end of their day. And then they hop over to New York and then they hop over to the Midwest and the, fi- the final stop is here. And I think I do the second to the second to the last one. And then um, Robert Labetta, who was the creative director and the, the founder really of, of Sebastian, um, you know, he's closing it and I'm sure he'll do an incredible um, kind of ethereal, presentation as he always does it'll be like let alone the education that can be there the inspiration just like we were talking about how do you stay inspired right now it's yeah absolutely and um it'll turn in and and get the the juices flowing again as we're all sitting there going i can't cut my kids hair anymore we got to get our hands in something so i'm yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Awesome. Well, no, it's going to be exciting. And again, a shameless plug here. I think you can donate as little as $2. So, um, you know, you donate whatever you can. Um, you know, everybody's different. But all of that $2 or whatever you donate is going to go to the Professional Beauty Association. And um, they've got an independent program where they can allocate the funds to to hairdressers, salon owners in US and Canada, I think Puerto Rico as well. I think it's a North American initiative. So I think it's Canada, US, Puerto Rico. 
And um, Sam and all of us on, all we're doing is just supplying the juice. Uh, the dollars themselves are all handled by um, PBA, which is, is fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. And yeah. so much good that can come out from this one event. I think it's fabulous yeah. to see it all come to yeah. life. That hairdresser high five across the globe as you guys do that through each each segment. That's fantastic. So, that's and it's also great too how we, we're kind of taking off our jerseys. You know, we're taking off our L'Oreal and Goldwell and, and, you know, there's a lot of indies as well. So we're just sort of coming together as artists and saying, you know, we love the craft, we love you and let's give back rather than trying to fly a corporate flag. So... I mean, that's exactly what this industry, at the core of who we are, that has never left. And when you get put into a pressure cooker like we've all been, it's that that's the meat and potatoes that makes our industry so thriving, so strong, so communal. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So good. Um, I was going to ask you too, and this is kind of in the same vein of talking about how to stay educated and clearly like this is one example of how young stylists who maybe were just entering into their career when this happened, or I mean, you know me and we've had long talks about continuing education and, and the role of the mentorship and, and all of that and how much we really feel, oh, stop. Who is this cute friend? This is Arnold, and he just dropped something off. Arnold. He Arnold wants to play. All the love right now. So Arnold's awesome. a flat coat retriever, and okay. he, he just wants to retrieve all day long. <laughs> it's like it's like my children coming to be like, Mom, I'm bored. Mom, I'm bored. Constantly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, you're doing a great job. You really are. Thank you. Moms deserve a medal through all of this. Well, thank you. It's been it's been quite uh, navigating the duality of my personality is a hundred percent at work and a hundred percent at home, and then not having that one half of me be fully in operation was yeah. it was very stunting at first. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have kind of put a smile on and and woke up every. Yeah. Here we go again. We got this. Let's put one foot in front of the other. That's what we do as hairdressers. No. Nope. <laughs> is there any? Sorry, other... what was your question? No, I was just going to say, is there any other, you know, advice or either the hows or the whats in terms of how people who are looking for education right now who aren't getting it by their mentorship in the salon standing right next to either their coach or their leader? Or collaborating ideas in a physical space like we normally do what is like the major go-to that you could suggest for people who are really craving that sense of how do I better myself in terms of my craft here in the solidarity of my home yeah no it's a it's a good question and I think you know I, I try to kind of watch as much as I can online to see my peers and to see colleagues, etc. But at some point with doing that on either Instagram or YouTube or whatever, at some point you're drinking from a fire hydrant because it's just a lot of information coming at you. So what I, I try to do is um, 
I, I try to kind of mix it and I, I try to read a lot. I'm a book type person as well. And I'm, I'm a collector of anything that's to do with hairdressing that's, that's books. And I, I, I try to go back through all of that. And I mentioned earlier that I'm a fan of history. I, I like sort of the last 50 years in our craft. And I love to sort of read up on you know, how we got to where we are today. I mean, we mentioned an icon earlier on in um, in Robert Labetta. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people who were sort of, um, you know, minus 30, for example, minus 25, um, you know, who've probably come into the craft um, post 2008, post the, the big, you know, the last big depression. I think a lot of people have kind of um, come into a craft that's a bending craft, um, as in bending hair, as opposed to styling hair or cutting hair. And I think in many ways, they've also come into a craft too that's a painting craft rather than a coloring craft. And, um, you know, I talk to a lot of folks and they really do think that the Instagram stars that we, and I'm not going to mention any names, but, um, you know, these Instagram stars are absolutely, have invented um, the way that we do hair today. And um, they've done a great job, but they've really only been around for a little while. And, um, and again, I'll just come back to Robert, for example. You know, I, I kind of advise people to go online and look up people and look at the work and look put together a history um, there's that fantastic saying about we don't know where we're going unless we really truly understand um, you know where we've been and um, you know I mentioned Robert I mean one of my heroes that I had the pleasure of working 30 odd years with it was Annie Humphreys oh. who um, you know, Annie really was the mother of um, Colliston Perfect. She was the, the woman that invented foil. She really invented what is now the, 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 the Colliston Perfect color range. She invented painting, flying color. I mean, God knows how many techniques this woman came up with. And um, she entered an industry where there was really three colors. Uh, you know, it was black or bleached or brown uh, that was just about it really and um, you know when she hung up her tint brush god knows how many years later um, she single-handedly um, I call her the mother of the queen of color and um, I think you know Dancy your question do some research you know look at people that have come through in the past um, you know Tim Hartley is another one um, Leo Passage at Pivot Point is, an, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but there's amazing forefathers that we can learn and look to um, that um, can inspire us in, in many ways be above and beyond what's, you know, on, on Instagram now. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned earlier on, I, I, go to my Instagram live and I do a couple of haircuts every week. But, you know, at some point cutting a mannequin, there is 
only so much you can do. There is only so much you can transmit. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, mix it up, you know, get your nose in some books or some, um, doesn't have to be a book, it could be Google. You know, Google some of those names and, um, you know, look, look through what, where we've been the last 50 years. Um, I mean, as an industry, we've done amazing, amazing things the last 50 years. Financially, not so well in the last 10 years. I don't know we're doing particularly well at the moment. And, um, you know, God willing, coming out of this, we're going to see a resurgence of, um, you know, of our industry. And um, it's a terrible thing to say, but, um, you know, the, the COVID-19 has, has really, um, it's taken away a lot of our loved ones. And, um, and it might all, also take away a lot of salons. It might take away a lot of stylists. And, um, you know, the strong will, will remain. The cream will rise to, to the top. Um, so yeah, spend this time and, and really, and reach out to people. I mean, I have people kind of ping me on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, oh my God, I thought you'd never return my message. And I'm like, why not? I'll help you. Tell me what you need. Uh, if I can't help you, I'll tell you I can't help you. But if I can, I will, you know, just let me know. I think it's incredible. And yeah, you're right. The long hair history that our industry has had and so many, so many innovators, creators and educators, and you are right there amongst them all. So I, I, everybody should be Googling you and looking at all of the craft work that you do as well. It's truly incredible. And, and I think that you are an amazing pioneer innovator in our industry too so to add to your list that you just gave me i'm gonna stick you right on there too <laughs> well i'm a pragmatist too i i i kind of look at the dollars and cents as well and um you know i was born and raised in a hair salon and luckily i was raised in a hair salon where you know really perms colors six-week haircuts, four-week colors. I mean, people were spending a lot of money and they were coming to the salon on a very, very regular basis. And I think, um, you know, we, we need to get back to that. We need to start and suggest through consultation things that really are going to make people look good, feel good. But at the same time, they can't do that themselves at home in the kitchen. They can't go to the drugstore and buy that color and color their own hair. Because um, again, I'm, I'm kind of a pragmatist. I really think that if we can, let's get every Mrs. Smith and every Mr. Jones in our chair and spending money with us rather than spending money on a pair of clippers to clip their own hair bald um, at home, you know, for the guy or, um, you know, go to the drugstore and color their own hair in the bathroom. Um, yeah. At home jobs escalate out of control quickly, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. It's the professionals. We got you. We got you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a fun pop-up of 
quick questions about you and they're nothing complicated. It's all about you. And so I have seven questions to round out my 27 talks, 27 talks. So here we go. So your favorite movie of all time? Uh, Betsy Blue. Oh, um, best thing you've eaten while in COVID shutdown? Indian. Indian. Anything in particular? Oh, I'll eat anything that's Indian. I was born and raised in the UK. So, you know, here in Southern California, our go-to food is Mexican. Um, in the UK, our go-to food is, um, is Indian. Yeah. What's your favorite type of curry? Um, I don't mind. I like I like kind of yogurt mm. and tomato bases. Mm. Um, I like alu garbi, um, kind of potato and cauliflower. I like those kinds of things. I don't like Monster Hot. You don't? Um, I don't like really, no, because at that point, my taste buds go numb. <laughs> my tongue gets <laughs> anesthetized. And um, I like to taste the food. And if it's too hot, I, you can't really sort of taste it, I don't think. But I love Indian food. Yeah. And the hotter, the better for me. I don't have very many taste buds, apparently, because I need <laughs> to light my face off. <laughs> um, okay, so what's your favorite iconic haircut? It's hard to choose. Oh, you know, I, I, get, I get asked this all the time, and it's such a tough one. Um, rather than answering your question and saying iconic haircut, I'm going to give you an iconic technique. I love that even more. Yeah. So my favorite of the three techniques, line and layers, um, is graduation. I just love graduating hair. And um, the reason I love it is it, 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 um, it's a bitch to do. Can I say a bitch? You can, because it's a total bitch. It's, it's a nightmare to do. Uh, um, so you have to kind of focus. And it, it's to me, it's like yoga. Graduating hair is like yoga or meditation. I'm just in my space. And then the other thing is I love cutting hair above the shoulders as opposed to down the back. So graduation, as you well know, is better shoulder length and above. And then the net result of graduation, whether it's curly hair or straight hair, the hair tends to get bigger and, and it gets fuller. And I, I like big hair. That expansion yeah. of shape is something that yeah. I think about as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, what is your quarantine song? If you had to like choose a song, what's your quarantine song? Oh my goodness! <laughs> you can just be I your a, no, I, I've got it. I've got it. It's really funny that you should ask this question because I, I, I was um, watching a football match the other day, yeah. and obviously it was a recorded one. It wasn't live, and it was Liverpool at home, and their song that they sing um, right before the game starts is uh, "You'll Never Walk Alone." Oh. And when you listen to the words, um, it, I won't repeat what the words are, but that's everybody's homework is Google. Um, you'll never walk alone because the words, I think it's Rogers and Rogers and Hammerstein who, who wrote it. Mm -hmm. But um, 
Yeah, it's Liverpool's kind of song that they sing right before kickoff. But the words are so um, apt for, for where we're at at the moment. They're so appropriate. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I was going to um, ask what your favorite animal is, but I have a feeling that it's sitting, that, that cutie pie that's next to you might be your favorite animal. Um, so instead, I will ask you kind of a weird one is, um, if you could be any type of muffin, what kind of muffin would you be and why? One without a top. <laughs> we'll leave it at perfection. I love it. <laughs> How's that for a pop-up question? Um, what, <laughs> what is your um, favorite place that you can't wait to get back to, whether it be in your community or, I mean, you have circled the globe countless times, but what is the favorite place that you just can't wait to get back to when you safely can it's five miles that way um i want to get back down to the beach oh yeah i want to get i just want to get up really early and i've actually got it funnily enough you'll never walk alone you took the words out of my mouth there and then this question is tomorrow i'm actually off work i've got a day off tomorrow and yesterday they opened the beaches oh that's right i did see that yeah, so tomorrow morning I'm going to go for a run um, on the beach and I'm just going to go and you can't lay out. I don't lay out anyway, but um, I'm just going to go for a, a, a run and I might go for a swim um, as well. But that's, that's where I'm dying to go because I love, I love water. I love the ocean. Yeah. How, what a great recharge and reset that's going to be. Oh my gosh, you're just going to be like the most zen, let it wash over you. That sounds magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my last of my questions is going to be, and you did touch on it a little bit, but I'll just ask it one more time. Why do you love hair? Ooh. Again, it's kind of a multi. I'll kind of give you the USA Today version. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think it started with, um, and this sounds a little bit perverse, but I love women. I love girls. I love females. Um, I was raised in a hair salon. And um, I, just, I just loved being around women as a, as a child growing up. Um, my family is a very sort of matriarchal family. All the leaders and the kingpins in my family are all female. Um, so I just loved being around women. And then um, as I got a little bit older and, and kind of had to decide on a career, I noticed all my friends were sort of, you know, taking up jobs where Friday night was the most important part of the week because they could go out and find some girls. And there I was, surrounded all week by amazing, you know, this great opportunity. So that was like the beginning of it. And then bit by bit, when I sort of um, overcame the, the fear and the apprehension of doing and dealing with hair, um, I just really sort of enjoyed that, um, making people feel and look, um, you know, better and, and, and feel better about themselves. That, that was a big thing for me um but the biggest thing of all and and this kind of this is like number three i guess 
Um, number three for me was just, just being able to watch hairdressers grow. And um, I watched it with my own family and, and Vidal, the man, and how he influenced um, you know, my family and my financial status as in, in the family. And um, I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if A, I could be around women, uh, B, I could make them feel good, look good, and C, and this is the key one for me, is I could help inspire, grow, motivate, excite fellow professionals like Vidal and Sassoon did for my family. So it's like a one, two, three. And in many ways, sort of the last 20, 25 years, number three's become the biggest, really. You know, the other two haven't gone away. But, um, you know, what really fries my onions is um, watching other people do well. And, um, you know, that to me is, I mean, I still love cutting hair and I love <laughs> to, you know, to stand on stage and, and you know, uh, what, have people watching me. It feels good. It's, it, you know, you've, you feel good doing great hair. Or it's just a, a friend whose hair you're cutting and they're really happy. That feels good. But I think the thing that really kind of floats my boat is, is um, when you watch someone else doing that as a result of holding the hand. Uh, you know, or this interview, or whatever it is, you know, any little thing, that to me is that, it's that thing of paying it forward. Um, is where I'm at, yeah. Well, I think you're doing a damn good job of it. <laughs> you really are, you really, really are. You were born to do it, that's for sure. Well, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much. You're for welcome. And getting to chat with you is, always always a pleasure um but this was truly incredible in these circumstances but listen i the all the places that we've been able to run into each other i can't wait to see you out and about again when it's safe and time permits but thank god we have something like this right now that we can utilize and i couldn't be more grateful for sure thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>